Okay. Hey everyone, it's Wilka here. Welcome to the Leadership Talks podcast. And today I have Sherry Woods as our special guest. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. So Sherry, we've met in Baltimore, right? The Charm yeah. City where mm -hmm. I have worked in the past and I'm super excited that you're joining us as, you know, a special guest to talk about where uh, you are handling all of the PR and communications for Lexington markets, right? So right. talk to us, Sherry. Um, how did you start your career um, in the PR field and now at the Lexington market? Wow, then you're going to age me. Um, I've been in the PR field for about uh, 23 years. Um, I ended up in the PR field by accident in many ways. Um, I'm a native of Canada actually born in the Caribbean, but I grew up in Canada. And so I was in, living in Toronto at the time where I lived for about 11 years. And I worked for social services. Um, and we were going to convert from a manual system to an automated system. And I was at this big general meeting for case managers. And I whispered to my colleague, well, I hope they're not just going to send out a memo to all the case managers, one that we're never going to read. I hope they're going to do something different. And the general manager of all of the Toronto social services, for some reason, saw me whisper and said, hey, what did you just say? And me being honest and terrified, I told her what I said. And she said, you're right. We're not going to do it that way. We're going to bring you on to help a director figure out how we can get the information out to all the area offices. <laughs> and that's how I ended up in PR. Wow. I worked. Um, I mean, I had my degree and everything, but I'd not worked in PR. And so I worked with um, a director and we came up with a PR plan to go out to all the offices and do a road show and tell them about this new system and get them excited and, and try to take away sort of the fear. And then we created a newsletter and I would write the articles. So that's how I started. Wow. Years ago, by chance. That's awesome, Cherry. So I am very curious to see uh, what, you know, you are, you have been working on right now, currently. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, as the Leadership Talks, the name of the podcast, I want to ask you, what is leadership for you? And what is the, the mentor that had, you know, that foundation in your career, if you want to share with our listeners? Oh, boy. Um. Well, since leaving Toronto, I got recruited to work at the Detroit Institute of Arts, which is one of the top arts um, museums in the country. And, um, oh, sorry, I worked at Harborfront Center in Toronto first, and then I moved to Detroit to work at the uh, Detroit Institute of Arts. And I would say, interestingly enough, I'm an avid reader. I'm very, I think I'm naturally PR oriented. I read everything. I notice signage and how people present themselves. And I think that's just something that's in me. But I would say my greatest foundation are a network of core friends who just believe that I can do anything. <laughs> so I'll say, oh, I just saw this job and this opportunity. And they were like, Sherry, we know you can do this. You're a quick learner. You adjust. You know how to communicate well. And so they're always 
kind of supporting me, but I'm, I've also been overall, um, a lot of my direct reports in PR, once I moved into senior management, have been very supportive and um, confident in my work. And so they really let me sort of um, lead a lot of projects or give ideas. And I've been valued in terms of the ideas that I have. And I believe they also value the fact that I've worked in a few cities and a few countries and that I think my outlook is a lot broader than maybe the typical person, because I can say that, you know, I've lived in the, in the Caribbean, I've lived in Canada, I've lived in the U.S. in two cities, and I do have kind of a broader outlook on, you know, target markets and people and how they think and what they like. And I value that I didn't necessarily, um, I didn't come from that sort of social class where I was born going to museums and and, uh, you know, major um, uh, events and staying in grand hotels. And, you know, that was not necessarily my beginnings. So I can relate to people who are new to going to these um, locations and going to these type of institutions. I can kind of be in that mindset many years later because now I've been exposed. So I can see both sides. So I'm always able to sort of say, and understand what the average person would want if they are going to these destinations or to these um, institutions or to go to arts events or to markets, like to um, make sure I'm marketing to the average person, which at one time I very much was before being exposed to a lot of this field. And also as someone in the field, I can then tailor a lot of the campaigns and um, programs that we create. Wow, that's amazing. Also, yeah. you know, I, I love when you said that you have this multicultural aspect because I yes. have the same. And I think, you know, right. when we met, uh, we was in a networking event, right? So right. it was very simple for us to connect because right. when you understand another culture and you embrace it, right yeah. like the approach yeah. is definitely different so uh -huh. i i appreciate you know you having this uh welcoming approach as well because nice. you made me comfortable right off the back <laughs> good i'm glad that i did <laughs> yes you did so yeah. sherry i love baltimore and i've been you know in, in i've worked in baltimore for some time uh when did you move to baltimore and you think um you know uh, the city is improving in terms of, you know, the PR, the marketing as a, a city per se. And we are clear, just to be clear here, we are not spokesperson for the city. No, not at all. Where we worked. <laughs> no, I'm not a spokesperson. I moved here in January 2009. And my first job in Baltimore was to be the first director of marketing and public relations at the Reginald F. Lewis Museum. And... Um, I think one of the um, advantages in not being from Baltimore, again, is I've, because I've moved around a fair bit, I can hit the ground running. And I'm not, even if I, I'm not a native Baltimorean, and um, I didn't know a lot of people in, in Baltimore, but I know the media, and I know how to speak to the media, and I know how to make those connections so that during my time at the museum, we got the first, you know, 
a lot of first-time articles. We won Best Exhibition for Baltimore Magazine for City Paper, which existed at the time. And the key was that when I came, I felt very comfortable reaching out to the media, saying where I was, working and sharing with them, have you been here yet? Oh, no, well, let's come on down and um, just giving them story ideas. And as I build those relationships, they start to realize that I'm a re reliable source and I could give them a story if they had an idea. And so if things like Black History Month comes up and we're an African-American museum, we're a natural fit. So we can call Sherry and say, what stories do you have? And so I would say that's one of the talents of not being from somewhere being new is being comfortable because I don't know the dynamics. So I'm just calling the Baltimore Sun and whoever else, hi, you know? And I'm very comfortable having done that in several cities. I don't need to create that comfort zone and build the relationships before I hit the ground running and build those relationships because I'm used to being the newbie. And so I think um, that's one of the things I bring. And, and just, again, a broader perspective a world perspective, particularly um, if you're thinking of other markets or other people, um, when you work in PR, and because I network a lot and I used to be president of a chapter in Detroit and go to conferences, I've built a really large network across the country and still have a network in Toronto. So um, I bring that broadness that, you know, after a time, after you live somewhere all your life, it does, you know, you can get a little skewed in how you look at things. And I think I bring um, the objective and the personal because I love living in Baltimore. And, you know, Baltimore, as we all know, you know, the, the overall media coverage tends to skew towards the negative. And I see that really changing now. Um, I saw a real change with the when the Visit Baltimore leadership changed. And I saw that their approach to Pitching Baltimore was no longer sort of a defense, but more this is who we are and part of living in the inner city, there are challenges, but here are all the gems that we have. And I noticed, and I just love that approach because now there's no excusing the challenges, but there's like shining the light on all the greatness as well. So I really think that approach from Visit Baltimore has really helped. Um, in concert with all the great development projects that are coming. It feels like a very good time to be in Baltimore. And I'm excited to um, represent Lexington Market and the Baltimore Public Markets because Lexington Market has been considered one of the three top developments in the city. And uh, so that makes my job a little bit easier. Oh my gosh, I need, I'm dying to go back, I'm telling you, because I had actually huge shout outs, you know, to Bond Whitney from Visit Baltimore, because mm -hmm. I had lunch with him there, probably not kidding, like 15 years ago, because wow. I started my career actually at in a hotel there in Baltimore. In oh, Hale. okay. So, you know, when I, when we were like, oh, you, I need to know the city. Cause I also, you know, I was coming right. from Brazil and I was very green, really fresh. Right. right. So then I, I asked him, I was like, where can I actually send people to go uh -huh. and visit and take a look and experience what real right. 
Baltimore is. So mm-hmm. we had lunch there. It was amazing crab cakes. I'm like, okay, yes. I don't crab eat crab cake cake but Baltimore. Right, uh, right. So how is this change now? Uh, I know you guys are reopened. Um, right. you know, and for you, your focus as the, the PR, you know, manager and having this leadership there, what are you you're focusing on for 2023? And to put the word out there, you know, about the new, uh, newly development and the new fresh look at the market. Yes. So of course, Baltimore, um, sorry, Lexington market, which is the flagship market for Baltimore public markets is near and dear to so many people. Um, I think it'd be hard. It would be hard to find someone in the DMV region who does not have a fond memory of Baltimore, um, sorry, a fond memory of Lexington Market. Um, it's been around a long time. I would say in the last few years, there's been challenges. We're in a challenging um, economic neighborhood um, that's going through some changes right now. And even the, the structure had some challenges. And so prior to my time, that decision was made to um, instead of improving the current structure that to build another market right next door. And one of those reasons um, that the location was great is that we were able to keep the um, East building open while the new building was being built. So now on October 24th, we opened the new building and though the complete construction um, wasn't complete, the the complete construction of the building, the interior, hadn't been completed, we felt it was important because, you know, all of our merchants are small business owners. So we made, the decision was made that we would open the market and slowly bring in um, the merchants as their stalls were completed. So that's been really the big push is just keeping everyone updated. Who's open, who's not open? What can you expect? Encouraging people to come down and see the new building because with the challenges in the neighborhood, there were a lot of people who had um, sort of, oh, I don't think I'm going down there. Um, they may be a new building, but mm, based on the stories we're here, we're a little weary. But as time has gone on, pe- more and more people are coming because we're showing visuals. And also the press, the media has been amazing. We have gotten a myriad of stories and coverage positive that, um, have shown the new building and and talked about our hopes and what we want the new Lexington Market building to be. And so we're growing in terms of customer visits. We're at about the same at this point, we've got about 20 to 25 merchants open. And um, to date, we've signed about 38 leases. I think the maximum that we'll hold is 45. So we're moving along. And so when people come, they're seeing more and more merchants. I think what the decision that was made again prior to my time was to bring, includes 19 of the former merchants in the old, in the East building to come into the new market with about 20, 20 to 25 new merchants. So what's great is even if we're in a new market building, we still have some of the legacy merchants that people love. And so they'll come just for those legacy merchants. And then the newer merchants, they have their followings too, or some are brand new. So I think it's a really good mix of old and new in this new building. So my job is just to keep us in the media, um, ensure we have information going out, build partnerships with people like 
uh, Visit Baltimore um, organizations, Visit Baltimore Downtown Partnership, um, other institutions in the neighborhood and beyond. Um, keep our website updated. Um, we're getting a lot of requests for filming from as far as Expedia.com, their media company, which is out of Australia, had reached out and a photographer, videographer from England came and did some video of us and will be on the Expedia website sometime in the fall. Or anyone wanting to film for anything food related or um, just want to uh, show a tour, we've gotten national press, we've gotten international press largely um, thanks to Visit Baltimore. And it's just a really exciting time. There's oh, lots going on at the market, lots of new merchants. It's such a, an amazing um, change from the old market. Um, I think that most people, I think everyone who comes is like, wow, loving it. So again, as we continue to add on more merchants, it's my job to keep people coming, keep us in the press, keep everyone informed. Um, build those partnerships. We have now a private rental space, the Baltimore Road. So make sure that people know about that. That's a good revenue maker for us. And just to let people know that we have invested um, dollars and, and, and staff into keeping the market safe and secure. And we're getting support from University of Maryland Police Department, Baltimore Police Department, and our own security team. So we got a lot going on and uh, there's lots more to come. And if you stay up with the media, you'll see lots of stories about our merchants. I mean, they all each have their own stories. Some are first time brick and mortar. Um, some are, this is your second location. And, you know, anything food-based, we're primarily food-based. There's always so much great food to try out. So, Oh my gosh. I am <laughs> dying to go and visit the new market, but uh, Cherry, yeah. I wanted to also get your insights of how do you feel, you know, that, you know, the attractions and how do you, what is the personal opinion, your personal opinion about the hospitality industry there in Baltimore City is going to be uh, in 2023? Oh, I think this is such an exciting time for the hospitality industry in Baltimore. Um, I mean, we've got that base of Inner Harbor, which is just amazingly beautiful. Um, there's going to be redevelopment of Harbor Place Gallery. We've got all that's happening in Harbor East. Um, new buildings, new hotels, new restaurants. Um, I think there's gonna be a new area close to the casino. And I could be wrong. I think it's gonna be called the Warner Street Entertainment Center. Um, I think they're building an entertainment building. Top Golf is already there. Um, and of course, the casino, I think they're looking at making that sort of a walking area. Um, around Lexington Market, I believe there's going to be some changes. Um, as a result of the market, you've got the Hippodrome, Everyman Theater. I mean, Baltimore is fantastic anyway, in terms of arts, entertainment, and hospitality, new hotels, but I think in 2023, we're just going to see it go up a few <laughs> levels. Got the whole Port Covington, which I think is now going to be called Baltimore Peninsula. And there's just so much vibrancy and so much development happening. At 2023 is just an exciting time. 
Wow. Yeah. As I can't, you told me, you told me about the theater and it, it just got me a memory in my mind about my first time going to the Hippodrome and I saw Jersey boys there. Oh, cool. And yeah, they were staying at the hotel that I worked at uh -huh. the time and nice. I was like, oh yeah, I want to go, you know, and see, it uh -huh. was so fun. But yes. Sherry, I wanted to thank you for your time today. I know, you know, this has been fun. I know that you know, you were very busy as well, but what would be the last message, you know, for the young folks in this beautiful month that we are celebrate, celebrating uh, Black History Month? Um, what would be your suggestions and tips, you know, for them to enter the workforce? Okay. Um, depending on what you want to do, and I, I'm not sure that we take advantage of these opportunities as much as we should, but I have always been an avid volunteer. And if there's a institution or a job I'm interested in, I always have looked out for opportunities to volunteer with the organizations, get to know the people there. It's, it's um, Volunteering is a really credible thing to do. And I know some young people are like, why should I volunteer my time? It really shows your commitment and your interest without necessarily getting paid. And it really gets you in the door and you'd be surprised what a great impression that leaves. Stay current, stay up with the news, not just on social media. <laughs> social media is great, but stay current with the news so that you know what's happening in the world. When you go on interviews, um, people are not just looking for someone with maybe the technical talent, but also who can carry on a conversation. Um, go to conferences if you can. Go to local networking events. A lot of things locally or regionally are free. Use the internet to find those and just get out there and put yourself out of your comfort zone and just network. Um, it's, it's an amazing opportunity to just learn without necessarily being in the workforce yet, but get out there, volunteer, join groups and really get to understand what the work world is like and, and learn that, um, level of professionalism that's going to carry you right through. A lot of times you may not have the experience, but how you communicate when you meet with someone could leave such a strong impression that they'll say, you know what, let's bring them on board and teach them. So really sharpen your communication skills, pay attention to what's happening in the work, work world and, and find role models um, who you kind of admire and like what they're doing and maybe reach out. That's a great thing about social media is that it makes a lot of people accessible that wouldn't normally be accessible. And you might be surprised to um, know that that person might respond. One of my favorite authors, my story, one of my favorite authors that I've been reading for years, I just decided I was gonna reach out to her. So I friended her on Facebook and her latest book that I had read, I loved it. And so I decided to put up, like write a review on my page and tag her. And she reached out and said, that's one of the best reviews I've ever had of my books. And from that, we became friends. I got to be a beta reader for one of her new books. I wrote a book of poetry. She was one of the, wrote a testimonial. I mean, we've still not met. So I'm just saying, again, this was an author that I loved. I reached out, social media gave me that access. So the key is get out of your house, get off the phone, and get out into the real world and meet people because I think it's really valuable in terms of getting your opportunities. 
Amazing, amazing. Thank you so much. That is so true. You know, one thing that I, I tell people all the time, you know, it's a new era, it's a new year. Let's get out yeah. there, meet people in person. You know, there's uh, no shame also in reaching out. And I love the tagging story, yes. you know, that you yes. just shared about the book. Right. What is the poetry book that you wrote? <sighs> um, now I'm going to go blank because it's my book. Uh, oh, Lord, 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 Lord. Why am I going blank? That's okay. Anyway. Um, you can share on your uh, LinkedIn page the link. And I will share. took me out of Sherry, the work person, and into my um, poetry. But yeah, I do have a first book out. And it will. the name will come to me, and I'll share it on the page. But again, this is something that um, I'd always wanted to do. And one of the things was I, I joined a writing group. And that really... Um, got me the courage because everyone else was writers to kind of venture out and write my first poetry book. So, Wow, that's fantastic. Sherry Woods, thank you so much for joining me today at the Leadership okay. Talks podcast. And we look okay. forward to that link to the book. But I know that people can find you on LinkedIn, correct? Yes, I'm definitely on LinkedIn. Yes. Thank you so much and have a wonderful week. Okay, thanks for having me. My pleasure. Bye.